Welcome to Skull Stories, presented by Cambria, proud to be the official countertop of the Minnesota Vikings. Tonight, we're speaking with former Vikings quarterback Gus Farratt. The Vikings dropped a maddening one on Sunday to hand the Lions their first win of the season, and statistically, we were key in all but one or two of these. Time of possession, which is something that's been a challenge for us, uh, passing 326 to 272. Turnovers, however, they played a big role and for the Lions they had six turnovers in the last three games going into that game now it's eight and four you know we kind of let them off the hook thank you Denny Green rushing plays we both had 27 uh, rushing yards both at 100 drives were a tie play total plays were a tie so it's kind of like it kind of statistically too came down to the wire oh one and fourth down that one hurt. 0 for 3 on two-point conversions. That one hurt. I mean, because you didn't get it right away, and, and then you start chasing it, and that odd score keeps showing up, so you keep going for it. I was of the ilk that, uh, you know, the first two, it's like, yeah, we're being a little too fancy on these two points, you know, and that third touchdown, it's like we're, we're pounding the ball. Madison's moving it just fine. Just line up and run that thing, and they did, and they didn't make it. So <laughs> that's why that's why I'm calling the games on radio and not calling the plays on the field. I mean, the final 16 minutes of the first half, Detroit had two touchdowns and two field goals. That has been a theme this entire year. I mean, the number of points, I believe it's over 70 now that we've given up uh, inside of two minutes in the second quarter or in the first half. That's one of those things that just defies logic. It's like, you know, what, what what's going on? It's like, well, sometimes they get the ball with six or eight minutes left to go in the half and they just drive it down. Sometimes they have a minute and a half and they drive it. it, it it's so it's not as if the two minute defense, you know, well, we found that in a biteness in the rear end at the end of the game. But um, going into halftime, I, I I'm it's still a head scratcher. And I, I have no idea other than the fact that it's in the back of everybody's mind. Um, but we're on a quick turnaround schedule for the Steelers coming up on Thursday night for our primetime purple game down at U.S. Bank Stadium. This team's going to have to refocus and try to get back on track, but we'll get into that more a little bit later. First, let's catch up with tonight's guest. He's a former Vikings quarterback who holds one of the league's unbreakable records, the 99-yard touchdown pass. If you make your way to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, you'll see his jersey on display to commemorate this milestone. I know you're going to enjoy my conversation with tonight's guest of the evening, Gus Farad. It is my absolute pleasure to introduce and invite into the show Gus Farad, former Minnesota Vikings quarterback when I was coaching. The listeners want to know what are you up to and, and how are you doing? Give I'm us an doing update. wonderful. I, uh, I've been trying to keep a little bit busy. I spend most of my time working on my podcast and trying to interview incredible people and tell their stories, how they fell in love with sports. It's a lot of fun to do. I actually trying to get Kevin on, Kevin Williams on this week. He'd be a lot of fun. Uh, new ring of honor up there in Minnesota. So I spent a lot of time doing that and consulting with companies. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun. So how do we, how do we find out or listen to your podcast? Yeah. Go to huddle up with Gus. You can follow it on social media at huddle up with Gus and uh, you know, whatever, Whatever you, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, that's where I'll be. You were drafted in the seventh round in 1994 out of Tulsa. Well, you don't have to make me sound that old. Well, I'm just saying because guess who won? <laughs> guess who got drafted 14 spots after you? Who's that? Me. <laughs> <laughs> we're old. Well, no, you won. You outlasted me. I mean, 
52 well, games. I play the same. I'm sure if I played your position, I wouldn't. Have well, well, it depends. You played 52 games at Washington, 43 in Minnesota, the 147 career, 114 TDs, and over 21,000 passing yards. Do you ever just kind of sit back and and think about that? in mass and go that was pretty sweet yeah you know you think back because you're never going to get the same kind of thrill again that's a hard thing for a lot of guys to deal with is when you walk out into i didn't get to play in the new stadium but we played in the old dome and when you walk out and you throw a touchdown to win a game and the place erupts and you know there's so much enjoyment and thrill in it even the losses and all the emotions you go through you're just never going to get anything like that again the rest of your life so you think back and uh, you kind of relive some of those moments and I try to relive most of the good ones because I've had a lot of bad ones too (laughs) and um, you know just like the other day somebody put up an old uh, game where I played came in for Dante and played the 49ers and uh, threw three touchdowns to Moss and Nate Burleson's first touchdown in the NFL. And, you know, you don't remember every moment of those games because it's so hard that whole day to remember everything. But then all those little things bring back memories of play calls and who you were with and, and everything that happened. And, and was Coach Tice screaming at somebody? So it was, uh, <laughs> That was me. Yeah. <laughs> or Panagos or, or one of us. Yeah. Yeah. All that. So, uh, yeah. So sometimes you do sit back and think of it you mentioned that san francisco game do you realize that you are the high you played the highest rated game by a vikings quarterback in team history i did not all right now you can stand up an inch or two taller you can you you know you can spend the rest of today just kind of thinking about that feel feel good about that well i did throw to randy moss that made it a lot easier (laughs) i was watching i'm like did i just throw that and then all of a sudden randy just like (laughs) Jumps up, picks it up over the top of the DB, and it's like, oh, isn't that easy? Yeah. yeah. What was it? What was it like having a guy like him, a weapon like him, uh, in the offense? Oh, it was amazing. Like uh, I couldn't imagine if I could have played, you know, half of my games with him, what it would have been like. Uh, but you saw his career start with Randall Cunningham and Dante and all these people that got to throw to him, and and he was just an amazing athlete and knew timed everything so well. Uh, you know, you throw him a deep ball and he's not breaking stride. He's, you know how like some you watch receivers run and it's like they're it's a little past them and they break stride and, and then they're falling down and it looks tough. Yeah. He just never did that kind of stuff. Right. He was just so smooth. And uh, just playing with him was so much fun because we were playing in Detroit one game and uh, he had a bad back that game. And he comes in the huddle and he says, Gus, they're going to play cover two. I'm going to run right past the safety and just throw it up. Well, Linehan didn't call that play, right? So I, I kind of, I think I just checked it down to somebody, right? He comes back in the huddle and he's kind of limping or whatever because the back's killing him. And he goes, Gus, throw it up. I don't care what play we got. Drop back, throw it up. So I drop back, take five steps, try to look off a little bit. And before you know it, he's on the safety, holding his arm up like he used to, and you just let it rip. And, you know, he's coming down under it. So, He's just an incredible teammate, incredible player to play with. And I think that is the game where he uh, got on the phone because I used to be up in the booth, but got up in the phone on the phone and started yelling at. He's like Lanahan, throw me the ball, Lanahan. <laughs> we'd call him Lanahan. And then for yeah. years we'd see we whenever we saw Lin, you know Scott Linehan on the sideline, 
when he was, uh, you know, when he had moved on, gone to St. Louis or whatever, we would always yell it from the booth. Hey, Lanahan, throw me the ball. <laughs> throw me the damn yeah, ball. <laughs> that was him. But why wouldn't you, though? You know, that's what I always said. Why would you throw it to him? Even if he's hurt, he's, he's better than most people on the other side. Now, you have uh, your jersey in the Hall of Fame with the 99-yard pass to Bernard Berrien uh, in November of 2008. That's You know what? You realize that was 13 years ago today, the day of the recording. Yeah, and I probably couldn't throw it half that far right now. So. <laughs> well, mean, good. I you left it all on the field. There you go, right? I did. I did. Um, yeah, but uh, what an amazing day. Defense had an incredible stop. And then you get that call that says, we're going to run all go. And it's like, wait, we're on like the half-yard line. Yeah, we're going to call right here. And then the rest is history. And, and um, I think my favorite thing from that day was that after the game, Anybody who was on the field with me and, and our offensive coaches, I had our photographer make the play from the end zone, right? The throw, you see the ball in the air, Bernard running, all of our linemen, everybody who was on that field and a couple coaches, I got a big picture framed. I did like 15 or 20 of them, I can't remember. And all of our guys on the field that day signed it. And oh, for wow. me, that was really special. I have a couple of them here, and everybody who was on the field, a couple coaches have them. And I just got them all framed, and I said, you know, that's just something that never happens. And I always love to celebrate with everybody on the team. I mean, and think about the guys that you, that were on the field at the time, the Hall of Famers now, um, or guys that you played with that are in the Ring of Honor. I mean, it's it's a um, great group of men. I look at that, that you know, that was in 08, and I look at our 03, 04 teams. Like, we had some incredible, incredible talent on those teams. And for one reason or not, we just – Something didn't let us get over the top, right? And it kind of sounds like what the Vikings are going through today. Like, they're right on the precipice of, like, all right, we're going to get over and we're going to go downhill and we're going to roll right through everyone. And they're just – I don't know. It's what it, I feel bad. That's what we always wanted to do, and we had the talent to do it all. Yeah, we were – I mean, we were an unbelievably streaky team back then. I remember that. I mean, we could win five in a row and then lose four in a row. You know, we could guarantee a win out in Oakland and then – get destroyed i mean there it was that was a crazy team but this year it's hard to put a finger on what's keeping this team from from being and reaching its full potential is it not sometimes i watch the games and i'm like okay they played so well the week before then they come in here and and what's what is the issue you know what i mean because it seems like the great teams the ones that are inevitably going on to the biggest game of the year, they don't have those laws. They might have a like a quarter, but they're not week to week, if you know what I mean. Right. And I, I don't know. I mean, I want to I cheer for them every week and, and hope they win. Skull Stories is presented all season long by Cambria, proud to be the official countertop of the Minnesota Vikings. We'll be back with more Skull Stories right after this. It's football season at Mystic Lake with Vikings Drawings. Enter casino and digital drawings for prizes like season tickets, away game trips, and an ice castle fish house. Get details and enter now at mysticlake.com slash vikings. Now let's get back into our conversation with Gus Farad. So what do you think of uh, Justin Jefferson? I mean, you mentioned Randy Moss and what he was like. What do you see in Justin Jefferson? Obviously, when you have Randy Moss saying great things about him, uh, the kid is really good. I think that he runs routes really well. He's fast. Uh, You can put him in multiple positions on the field. I think that's a huge thing because not everyone can do that. 
Uh, a lot of guys like Randy, we didn't move around too often, right? He played like to play that X receiver, Z receiver sometimes outside because he knew that if he ever got one on one, it was over. Right. And I see that that Jefferson can run from multiple positions on the field. Obviously, he has Adam Thielen, somebody really good to uh, learn from. But uh, I think that he just has a skill set that puts him in the top five of receivers in the league. And uh, we see week in, week in and week out with him that he's getting better and better and better. I mean, I know no one can predict the future, but the upside on this kid, I still think that there's some there. Oh, there's no doubt. And, you know, the whole I think it comes down to him learning defenses, you know, seeing the coverage. I'm not saying he can't because I don't know him that well. But I think as a receiver, when somebody looks like they're pressed, and the, but the whole the rest of the defense saying, "Oh no, it's not," right? Can you learn those things? Can you adjust your routes? Do you know how to do those things that that you continually get open, right? Because we see some really good receivers that when teams start to double team them or do other things to cover them up, they're still open, but other ones are covered. So a good example is. Um, Adams in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers just seems to get him the ball in all kinds of situations, no matter what they're doing. And I think that as Jefferson gets older and learns and understands and studies more, he's going to get better and better and better. What is going on with Gus Farratt now these days? What do you what keeps you busy? Besides the show, uh, I just meet a lot of companies. I think these two companies would work really well and create an incredible product together. So, you know, I just don't get to prank anybody anymore. That's that's the hardest <laughs> part. My kids are tired of me pranking them. So, you know, when I was in Minnesota, I remember when Wharton came there uh, to kick in the first week, I froze his clothes in a bucket and put him back in his locker. Sweet. And I don't know you, how you, he ever found out it was me. Yeah, I'm sure. No, no. Who would rat on you? Nobody, right? Remember we had um, Brock Lesnar? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Brock. Yep. Remember that? Like, nobody, like, we wanted to, he was a rookie, but he was obviously this incredible wrestler. And nobody really wanted to mess with him. <laughs> but people don't know. Like, we were going to, he, he used to stay with Chris Hovan in training camp. Right. And so, so we're like, okay, we got to get him. We're getting every other rookie. It's not like we're doing something bad, but we're going to shave his head. You know, and this is Brock Lesnar. And I remember we got big Brian McKinney. He was leading away down the hall. There were about 20 of us. <laughs> and they knew that it was like we were coming. And him and Hovan opened the door. There's there's like there's like Metallica playing in there. And they opened the door, and they both got Speedos on. And Brian McKinney goes, nope, just turned around and walked away. And we're like, we just lost our biggest guy. We're not doing this. The question is, did the two of them yeah. did the two of them wear speedos to bed every night? That's the question. I, well, we don't we don't know. Nobody's <laughs> gonna ask that question. He who dies with the most stories wins. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, we could go on and on about even Lesnar, even though he wasn't there a long time. Like when we went and scrimmage to Chiefs, we had a huge brawl. Yes, scrimmage. We were over in well, Wisconsin. yeah, guys, yeah, we'd fight. Everyone would fight to get the practice canceled. Yeah, and well, Brock Lesnar. <laughs> freaking suplexes the body the the running back or something like that <laughs> and it just opened up a melee <laughs> and i remember i'm standing there with uh sean hill and we didn't take one step we didn't move everybody's running around chasing each other you know <laughs> ripping helmets off and sean and i just stood there and watched i remember that I was well, dying. of course of course if you don't have to why jump in the middle of that's a that's a professional type fight yeah, you know yeah I mean? i'm not getting that it's like <laughs> stuff going on i remember dante was trying to get in there i'm like dude you know just yeah we know you're big and you can fight but yeah we we need you to play quarterback <laughs> we need you. all right gus well 
Thank you. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure if you've been out here, been able to see the new facility and the new stadium. Um, I, but it, I have been. Oh, it's, I went there it's with amazing. Dalton at like two years ago. Yeah, a little better than Winter Park. Yeah. Oh, what do you mean? It's There's nothing better than going to Winter Park when it's dark and leaving when it's dark. <laughs> and not seeing daylight except through those <laughs> yeah. frosted windows inside the the. You know the 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 indoor uh, you know turf that was barely covered with a roof. Uh, you're right about that. There were no windows, and that was Bud Grant. Bud Grant had they had windows in that place, especially in the coaches' offices. But Bud Grant apparently said brick them up because guys got to watch film, and back then it had to be dark in the room to watch film. And yeah, so there's no such it. thing as yeah. There was no such thing as like curtains. Or anything, no. you better just brick it no. up. Exactly right. <laughs> just 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 brick that. You're right. It was a bunker. It was indeed yeah. a bunker. <laughs> it was a bunker. All right, Gus. Well, hey, man. God Thanks, bless Pete. you. Thank you for everything. Uh, we miss you here. Uh, if you ever come on up, just let us know. And and uh, I, I it, appreciate. It. I miss I miss Minnesota. One of my favorite places ever. Well, not in January, I'm sure. Well, Pittsburgh's not far off. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. All right. Yeah. Well, you didn't go. You didn't get. You didn't get too far away from Minnesota. That's no, awesome. No. Love it there. All right, Gus. All right, thanks, Pete. Best of luck to you, man. Take care. Thanks so All much. Right, bye. bye. Thanks again to Gus for joining us tonight. It's great to hear from him once again, and it sounds like he's continuing to do big things out there in Pennsylvania. Uh, Gus was always one of my favorite teammates and uh, you know, heck of a guy to have on the team when I was coaching. All right, let's take a look at our Northern Tool and Equipment Keys to Success. Northern Tool and Equipment brings the power with top brands like Milwaukee, Steel, Lincoln Electric, Honda, and more. Northern Tool and Equipment, quality tools for serious work. So the 6-5-1 and one Steelers are coming off a last-second survival win versus the Ravens. And by the way, to have that game come down to that play doesn't do that game justice with all the opportunities that both teams had all throughout that night. That game could have gone a million different directions. It just happened to come down to a two-point play. You know, Ravens, they did miss their two-point conversion with 12 seconds left in the game. And what's being reported in his 18th and final season, Big Ben has not quite looked the same. He can still read. The problem they have is is protecting him. I mean, he he used to be able to stand tall in the pocket and just get rid of D lineman and it was a you know it was a whole thing where you got to bring your lunch if you want to take this guy down he's huge he's uh, I think he's not so interested in doing that anymore <laughs> yeah he's 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 old enough at this point to know right. he doesn't want to be taking a lot of if shots there's a free rusher he's throwing it instead of you know instead of trying to make something happen um this year 2522 passing yards 14 TDs 27 sacks and six interceptions those are the sacks um he's been sacked at least one time in every game um, their weapon on offense, running back Najee Harris, about 779 yards, five rushing TDs, 387 receiving yards, two receiving TDs. Uh, Deontay Harris and Chase Claypool are their primary receiving targets. Harris is 914 receiving yards, six touchdowns. Claypool, 660 receiving yards, one touchdown. Uh, those guys are definitely his main target. They're not always on the field. They like to do the two tight ends and the fullback and the heavy bit and just kind of pound it. This is a tough team. They hit um, this. Uh, you know, they definitely have that mentality. It's a very, very physical group. Trey Turner is, you know, four, you know five-time Pro Bowler from the Carolina Panthers, and all. he's he's going to knock you in the mouth. I mean, this is that's the attitude they have. So uh, it's going to be more of a tough guy type of game, I think, when we play them. Typical Mike Tomlin Steelers team where they're going to bring their lunch pail and, and be ready to go all day. Absolutely. And then the other guy, Pat Fryermuth, uh, six receiving touchdowns all in the red zone. So he's our version of Adam Thielen. 
Um, not, you know, their tight ends are okay blockers, so to speak, but you see that almost every week now. Big Ben knows how to find them, right? If you and the other thing I've seen with with Big Ben on tape is if you want to blitz them, you better get there because he will pick you apart. He's he, this isn't his first rodeo, so it's a big advantage for both teams, I think for both teams to have a veteran quarterback on a short week like this, they couldn't play a more antithetical team to the Vikings than the Baltimore Ravens and then have to switch from a 3-4-0 blitz defense with a quarterback who just doesn't throw. You know, he can throw, obviously, but they're no running game much without outside of, outside of Lamar Jackson – to us, we are almost <laughs> a completely opposite type team in style, in personnel, I mean, in, in a lot of different ways. So it is going to be interesting to see you make that transition to play us. Defensively, they've, they have a lot of names that, uh, that you're familiar with. T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith, he's the other defensive end, outside linebacker. Don't, don't fall asleep on that guy. He's pretty good, too. It's going to be very difficult to run the ball outside. It, with b- between Watt and Highsmith, getting outside in this defense is going to be very, very difficult. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick's a guy that we've, we've heard about forever as, as a safety. Devin Bush, uh, Joe Schobert. I mean, these are guys that have been around a veteran, uh, you know, experienced defense. Uh, T.J. Watt is on a historic pace, 47 today. He has 16 sacks with six games to go. The NFL record is 22 and a half. Will he get there? Um, he has the athletic ability, but when you watch Watt, and this is my opinion, it's it's frustrating because when he puts it all out there, he's unbelievable. Statistically, Joe Schobert, the linebacker, Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, Cameron Hayward, who's doing a really good job. He's a heck of a good football player out of Iowa. Uh, Schobert, 84 tackles. Fitzpatrick is 82. Hayward, 61. You know, overall, the chances of us making the playoffs are starting to pull away with each loss. But big take care of business, win a home game, beat these Steelers on Thursday night. At least you keep yourself in the hunt. Then you got to go on the road and win in a place that if you thought Detroit was tough to win for us, you got to go to Chicago. It's a tough hill to climb, but if you do it, then you deserve a spot in the playoffs. Uh, our primetime purple game this Thursday night is at 7.20 p.m. Uh, down at U.S. Bank Stadium. If you can't make it in person, be sure to join Paul Allen, Ben Lieber, Mike Mussman, Greg Coleman, and myself on the KFAN pregame show and broadcast all across this vast and wonderful and expanding Vikings radio network. Thank you again for joining us for another episode of Skull Stories presented by Cambria. Proud to be the official countertop of the Minnesota Vikings. We'll see you all again next week.